Hi, this is Coach Aaron Saft, the Running is Life podcast. My apologies to you guys. I am under the weather, <coughs> and so I wanted to get this podcast out, um, but I did minimal talking with Natalie Daniel here. Um, Natalie completed the GML 200. Um, we get into talking about the route, and uh, she does a great narrative of kind of step by step, section by section, uh, she went through this amazing journey for 200 miles, um, a journey that I got to be present for, and am super grateful for that, to be there for her and and be a part of this. But as I said, um, I kept my my talking and question asking to a minimum, just because I spent most of the conversation coughing and blowing my nose, so I muted myself for the most part. <laughs> but um, that said, I didn't want to take anything away from Natalie's amazing accomplishment. And I certainly wanted to get this out to you all. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation, um, enjoys Natalie's story, and uh, you know, connect with her uh, at whatever level you do. So I'll give you my conversation with Natalie Daniel. Natalie Daniels, how are you, ma'am? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm a little sick, so I'm going to let Natalie do most of the talking. Uh, I'm sure if I asked her that question a week ago, the answer would have been very different. <laughs> um, but it, it an awesome, awesome route that you came up with. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit first about you? Um, talk, tell us about Natalie and where did Natalie start her journey to getting to do a 200-mile run? <laughs> well, um, as many people might already know. Um, I, um, I've been running since probably junior high and I've taken breaks here and there to have babies and stuff, but, um, pretty much running has been my thing since I was 14. Um, I've always been really active. Um, it's just kind of my way of, um, escaping. And, um, it's also my way of, uh, um, working on my mental health. So, um, and just, I would say around 2014, I, um, discovered trail running, which, um, has allowed me, um, it's actually helped my mental health even more, you know, getting out in nature. Um, I have my dog that I run with quite a bit and, um, but yeah. And, and, um, I started out running roads like many people do and um, with the 5k half marathon marathon and then tried to qualify for Boston a couple times realized uh, I don't like to run fast. Um, (laughs) So I figured I had friends that were I had one friend that did the Tunnel Hill 100 the first year it was out and um, uh, I was like well that sounds that sounds really amazing. And I don't want to run fast. So I'll just see how far I can run. Start out with a 50 K and I'm giving the fast forward version, but, um, you know, next year I did the, uh, my first 50 miler in 2016 and then, um, just kept on going. Um, I think I did the uh, 24 hour and 2017 just to see how many miles I could get. I did a little over a hundred K and then 2018, I did my first hundred. And, um, 50 K is probably my favorite distance, but I do like to see how far I can run. Um, and then with these, you know, the, the longer, 
self-supported things. I would do a lot of 50 Ks during training for um, hundred milers and stuff. But I think th these things came about more during COVID when I remember Georgia death race was canceled and he recommended, well, why don't you go run the foothills trail? So I said, well, <laughs> All right. I, you know, it's about the same amount of distance, same amount of climbing. Um, already was trained and I did that. And um, and it was really, really enjoyable. Um, I, I discovered that I don't mind being out um, on, you know, on these trails by myself for really, really long periods of time. I don't mind being out at night. It's kind of weird with my headlamp. When I remember things, it's almost like I remember it in the daylight, even though it's dark. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but then, so I did the foothills trail and then, um, I heard about this thing called the brutes challenge. And, and that includes the, um, and that's the, what's the blue Ridge ultra trail endurance slam is what that stands for. And, um, you know, it includes the foothills trail and then you got to do the Georgia loop and, um, Pitchell that runs from Mount, um, that runs from Mount Pisgah to Mount Mitchell and then, uh, the Massanutten loop and, um, scar. I think that was all of them. And, um, so I was like, well, you know, I may as well just try that. Well, in order to get, get credit for doing the brutes challenge, you had to do it all in one year. Well, I did the foothills trail in May and didn't hear about the brutes challenge until like September, but I had races that had, you know, been rescheduled and I had to do those. So I didn't do the Georgia loop until like December. Um, so I had to kind of cram all the other runs into just a couple of months. Um, and we talked about this on a previous podcast where I attempted the mass nut and loop fell, hit my head, had to kind of, I didn't have to be, well, yeah, I had to be kind of extracted or whatever. Um, if I had been a little smarter about it, I probably could have finished, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, and then um, went back out a couple weeks, maybe like five weeks later, got that and um, finished up the challenge. I think um, like just in time, like the end of April or something. And I had done the Foothills Trail in May the previous year. Um, but anyway, um, so I've done a couple more little like I, I've done most of my FKTs have been unsupported because, again, I'm not super fast, but I'm pretty steady. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't mind doing things unsupported and unsupported is, um, with like, basically you carry everything with you. Um, and the only thing you can do is filter water. That's the only kind of quote unquote aid you can get. Um, <clears throat> and, um, so yeah, you know, then, and Aaron, you can help me with this. Uh, I know Kevin Ball, he did the Gritchell route um was 2020 it? 2020 yes so i heard about this route called gritchell which is uh runs from the profile trailhead which kind of leads up towards grandfather mountain um to mount mitchell and it's approximately 100 miles and i think he did a little extra to get like right at he wanted his watch to say 100 miles now I, I didn't really care about that as much but the route just seemed really cool. Um, you know, and I'd already done from like Mount Pisgah to Mount Mitchell, and this is kind of coming from the other direction, um, into Mount Mitchell. And I love, I took like, 
um, it, somebody actually joked on me the other day that uh, how much I love the mountains to sea trail, but I really do love the mountains to sea trail. I haven't been maybe going more towards the East. I might would say something different, but I haven't been on any section that I just didn't love. Um, you know, like 180 miles in, maybe not so much, but you know, on every day I, I will drive two plus hours to just go run on the mountains to sea trail. So, um, I had it in my mind that I wanted to do this hundred mile route. Well, and having done several hundred milers, um, I was like, well, I know I can do a hundred miles, but I really, really want to do 200 miles. <laughs> so, um, but they're all, there's either, they're just really expensive. Um, <clears throat> I mean, what a thousand plus dollars for entry fee. And then you got to travel. And all the ones on the East Coast until recently are looped courses, pretty much. And I don't want to do, like, I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel if I'm doing loops. So I didn't want to do that. Um, so I was like, well, I know that from Grandfather Mountain to Mount Mitchell is 100 miles. And I've heard of a route called the, called the Archel that's from, like, Mount Mitchell to Art Loeb that's, like, 100 miles. So I was like... Well, if I just put those two together, I mean, I got 200 miles right there and I'm like, I'm sure I could get a, because I have a lot of friends that, you know, that are kind of in that area and my husband, you know, he's always up, usually up for helping me. <laughs> um, so I started, the wheel started turning this year. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how that came about, you know. I just, um, and I was in no, as far as I know, there's no female on record that's ever done that Gritchell route. So I was like, you know, I can get an FKT or fastest known time for that. And then I'll just create this 200 mile route. Um, it's, you know, and I'll have the FKT for that. Um, plus, you know, I just wanted to see if I could do 200 miles without, um, you know, having to, um, put so much like without having to travel and all that. Um, cause on, uh, you know, uh, and another, um, another thing is I've been having some autoimmune issues. Uh, I'll say probably since 2000, 2021, nothing super major, but I just didn't know if my body could handle doing 200 miles. Like, um, I've been having a little bit more trouble recovering from, the hundred mile distance. Cause used to, I could go out and run a hundred miles and like the next day doing my run streak. Cause that's another thing I've had a run streak since 2017, but I could go out, do my run streak mile. And like, you know, I'd be, I used to clean houses for a living. I'd be walking up and down stairs and getting, you know, getting down, cleaning bathrooms, doing everything. And then I just can't do that anymore. Um, <clears throat> As we'll talk about later, like, uh, like it takes longer for the swelling to go down. Um, um, I'm more susceptible to getting infections with um, the autoimmune issues that I have. So I have to be really careful about, um, you know, not try not to get sick, basically. Because <laughs> if I get a cold, then I'm like going to get something else. So anyway, um, those are all the reasons why I kind of decided on this route plus it's mostly on the mountains to sea trail which i absolutely love so i was like well this is the route i want to do 
Um, what did you, what did you end up naming the 200 mile route? Um, I stuck with, so I, I think, did we play around with the name whenever you and I were together? We, yeah. You and I were here. We were shooting names around, but yeah. you were calling it uh, GML for a while there. I had to stick with that because, um, you know, Russ, my husband, he, he made <laughs> black and he put GML 200 on there. So I had to, I had to stick with the name because, hmm. you know, can't change it now. It's like, it's like, it's literally burned in wood. So, um, it is now called the Grand Mountains to Lobe 200. And how I came up with that name is because I figure a grandfather mountain, mountains to sea trail to the art lobe. So, instead of mountains to sea, it's the mountains to lobe. Um, so, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. I love it. Um, so, and just a course overview, um, you said it started at the profile trail for grandfather mountain, right? Yeah. Um, yep. And then basically you connect your way over to the mountains to sea trail and then mountains to sea trail. Um, did and you, you summited, uh, Mount Mitchell. Yes. Okay. And then you continued on the mountains to sea over to Pisgah and then summited Pisgah and down and then over to art lobe and then art lobe to its terminus at Davidson river. Right. And to make things even more fun, somebody attempts this route. They also have to summit Table Rock Summit, <laughs> go to Table Rock Summit, because why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, when you started, you uh, went the wrong way at one point, right? <laughs> yeah. So apparently they've they've um, cut this connector on the profile trail that um, so normally you'd, you'd go and I should have known this because I've done this trail a ton of times. I don't know what I was thinking, but you go down and it kind of meanders down by the creek and you pass like the old trailhead. And I think there's still a shelter down there, but you um, you pass that and then but then they've cut this connector that kind of bypasses that. Well, I accidentally took this connector Cause the sign, I don't, it just didn't make sense to me. So there was a sign and it said something about lower profile trail. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, that was the right way to go. But anyway, I got up to where the lower profile trail connected to the connector. And I was like, I know for sure I went the wrong way. So I like ran. And the bad thing was I drew it wrong on my map. So my, I had the the route in my watch. So it would alert me if I was going the wrong way. It didn't alert me because I drew it wrong. Well, so I had to go back down and then take the right route up to, you know, back up. So I did like an extra mile within the first two miles. <laughs> um, but that was okay. You know, I was in a good mood. The weather was like, Oh my God, it was amazing on Friday. It was actually kind of warm. I mean, cause I wore arm sleeves and my, and Russ was like, you're going to get really hot. And cause I do run hot. Um, and my hands stay cold, but I run hot. So like instantly the arm sleeves came down. Um, but got up there and, um, and he ran like the first up to Shanty Spring, which is what the first three miles or so. And then he ended up coming back down and I told him he didn't have to go back and redo it. He could just keep running. Um, he's like, well, you'll probably catch up to me anyway. So I, you know, get up there and that's probably, that's one of the most, that's one of the prettiest sections and It's a really cool section, like just within the first 
15 miles, um, you know, but getting up to Callaway Peak. So you, you take the profile trail, you get on the grandfather trail and then you'll have some ladders and stuff that you have to go up and then you get up to Callaway Peak and it's just beautiful up there. Um, and then you, from Callaway, you go down the Daniel Boone scout trail. Um, that's a nice kind of really runnable section. Typically, unless you've had a lot of rain, then it's like running through a Creek bed. Um, and then that takes you over to the, um, Cragway trail. And then you have, what is it? It's called the top crag view, I believe. And again, just, just amazing it's really pretty over there. And then you take the Nawadi trail and then that drops you down to the Tanawa trail, which is, um, that is, it's the mountains of sea trail, but that section is called the Tanawa trail. And, um, and it's fairly runnable. I mean, you have some up and down, um, and until, uh, you get to the rough Ridge area and, um, and again, rough Ridge, especially if you go in the summertime, you can't go off trail, um, they have tons of signs out there and I wouldn't recommend it. But if you're like really on the bar boardwalk, there's blueberries everywhere. I mean, you can, you can share with the bears and you have like a nice little afternoon snack. And I, I love to go in the summertime and I think they're blueberries. Somebody told me they might be, um, was it huckleberries? But either way, they're good. <laughs> and you get a, you get some really, really good views over there. Um, I think you can, have have you been over there, Aaron? I did the first, I think, 25 or 26 miles with Kevin on Grishel. And don't, <clears throat> can't you see Grandfather Mountain from Rough Ridge? Is that Grandfather Mountain yeah. that you're looking I, I believe so, yep. Yeah, but it's really, really nice. And I, and you can also see the Lynn Cove um, Viaduct, which is like right. this real structure that they put in. You can do the research on it, but it's really, really cool. Um, so then you continue on, um, and this is all within the first 15 miles, but it's just like, I could take pictures for days over there. I tried not to take too many, <laughs> but, but, you know, you kind of go under the, um, after rough Ridge, um, it is pretty technical in that area, but you go under the Limco viaduct and then you end up at Beacon Heights. And if you, um, just do Beacon Heights that from that parking area, um, and you go up to the overlook, if you go in the summertime again, there's like tons of like blueberries or whatever they're huckleberry. I don't know what they are, but they're delicious. I did the, um, what's called the Tanawa marathon one year where you just run the whole thing out and back and it's about 26 miles and got to beacon Heights and just had a, a feast off of the berries. Um, and by the way, um, food also dictates a lot of my running. <laughs> <laughs> uh, food food guides me to a lot um but that's where i met russ for the first time and i did have to deviate a little bit just to go down to the parking lot and then come back so i met him there that was roughly 15 miles in and then um and then continue on it's it's a little bit technical when you first get back on um and there the tanawa trail ends and you get on the you're just on the mountains of sea trail and, um, and then you hit this nice, like a, like a gravel road for a little bit. Um, I would say at least a, a few miles actually. So that section is really, really runnable. And, but then you get into Wilson Creek and on paper, it doesn't look that hard, but you're kind of meandering. It's like up and down, up and down along the Creek. And, um, there's like, 
I don't know how many water crossings, but I swear it's a lot. I should have counted, but, and so I got down and I love, I love Wilson Creek too. Um, all of my favorite swimming holes are down there. You got Harper's Creek Falls. Um, Huntfish Falls is my absolute favorite. But I got to this one creek crossing and I don't know why I didn't use my poles. And I was going way too slow. And somehow I just lost my footing and completely fell in the water. Like, and it wasn't, it was pretty deep. Even though we hadn't had much rain, that particular creek crossing is fairly deep. So <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm definitely going to have to change clothes. So I got down to Huntfish Falls. And then, and, um, and Greg Prong is down there. That's a really good swimming hole. So I'd pass that, but I just had to go put my hand in the water at Huntfish Falls. I don't know why. So I get down the rock and, um, and then like, it's like in slow motion, I just start sliding into the water. And I, I'm usually down there barefooted because I'm down there swimming with my family. Well, I had on my trail shoes and thank goodness I had taken my pack off because I actually, Truth be told, I was debating jumping in the water <laughs> just because every time I get there, if I'm on a run, I have to jump in the water. Well, anyway, I slid and I'm fully submerged up to the neck in the water. And it's really hard to get out of that particular um, swimming hole, like especially if you don't if you have shoes on because you just can't grip. like usually I can grip with my toes. So I finally get out. I was like maybe a mile and a half from the from Russ where I was going to meet him again. And I had signal. I called him. I said, look, I got to change clothes when I get to you because I am soaked. <laughs> um, and I'm about to give TMI, but I also have incontinence issues. So I have to wear like stuff for that. And that was the biggest issue. It was like I was wearing a diaper. So I said, I got to I got to change all this because I can't I'll get so chafed. Um, so I got to him changed and we had talked about not having like really any hot food until I think 50 K and I was only 24 miles in, but somehow instinctively he knew and he had made me some soup and it was just amazing. And Russ was awesome because sometimes I complain about him, but he was great this time. And, um, so I met him, got a change of clothes, got some food and went, went, um, you know, continued on. And I got maybe like a half a mile and the um, mountains to sea guys, had, the trail work guys had been down there recently and they, they love their diversion ditches. And I appreciate all the work they did, but I stepped wrong in this diversion ditch and it was really soft and turned my left ankle. And I'd been having some issues with this left ankle. So that was my biggest concern going into this was like, was my ankle going to hold up? And I think you and I had talked about, you know, different things. Like you had suggested I tape it, which I didn't. Um, but, and it, I mean, it hurt like the Dickens. I had to stop for a minute and, um, you know, just take a moment. Cause the, the more I, like I've lost a lot of mobility in it um, from turning it so much these last few months. Which I don't think I've told you that. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, but anyway, and it so the whole rest of the day, like I was babying that ankle. I was trying to take it easy. And Wilson Creek is not a place where, like, especially with all the leaves, like the leaves were horrible, you know, with it um being November. I mean, you know, all the leaves are down. And so I just had to really, really, really be careful. And I couldn't even run as much as I normally would. 
Um, and then with all the creek crossings, I was just being very, very mindful of every step that I was taking. So, um, and then on this section, so the next section or the next aid set stop was around 30, it was 30 something. I don't remember the exact mileage. And that's where I was going to meet my first pacer. And, um, well, again, I had, so I'd messed up the mileage because I drew the, the map a little bit wrong, or I don't know what was going on, but it was like two miles longer than what I anticipated. So, and I didn't have a signal. Um, I didn't have a signal cause I, I kept trying to call Russ and let him know that, you know, it was just taking me longer than I thought, you know, and, um, Finally, I was like maybe five miles out and I was able to call him and let him know. And he said he he told me that my pacer was actually running towards me. And well, I should probably see her any second because she'd been running for about 30 minutes. She'd been gone for about 30 minutes. And um, so I finally got to her and I and I was on trail, but it, it was weird because my watch kept telling me I was going the wrong way. But I saw the white dots. You just follow the white dot on the mountains of sea trail. You're going the right way. So she finally caught up to me. And by this time it was dark. And luckily I'd, I'd grabbed a headlamp um, from Russ just in case. Cause you never know. And cause I was supposed to meet her at four 20 in the afternoon. And it was, it was past four 20. <laughs> and um, so we got up there and, um, and got some aid and, uh, and, and then continued on. And I think that was like highway one eighty one. And, um, uh, and then that next section, you, you run down the road for a mile or two on to, um, is that, I think it's green, is it Greentown road or they call it the Greentown trail, but it's actually a dirt road. And I don't remember the name of the forest service road. Um, but then that takes you to the Steels Creek, um, what's called the Steels Creek trail, but it's still the mountains of sea trail. And that section, so that section is part of the table rock 50 K and um and it's pretty technical too you have some runnable stuff but it's pretty technical because again you're running along steel's creek and anytime you're running along a creek it seems like it's just it's just really rocky and technical and that's also where in my opinion the first like big climb is coming out of steel's creek and going up to table rock and that's the climb that broke me when i did the 50k and i was for when i was on the side of the trail um you know puking <laughs> um but you know we just took that climb really easy um though all those miles were super enjoyable um i actually saw a black salamander a black i don't remember what's a slimy spotted salamander i think that's what it's called well those just so you know if you ever see a black spotted is a black salamander with white spots if you see those on the trail probably don't pick it up because they're not slimy. They're actually really sticky. And when you pick it up, it like um, this sticky stuff comes out of its tail. It's like a defense mechanism for other animals and the animals will try to eat it and it, um, and it gets all sticky and like leaves and stuff stick in their mouth. And then the salamander gets away. Well, my hands were so sticky because <laughs> every time I see something, I have to pick it up. I just, I don't know why. And, but, I used hand sanitizer, baby wipes. I finally um, ended up washing my hands in the river like 15 miles later. And then the the stuff came off of them. But um, it just, I mean, it, 
it was just really sticky. So anyway, we got up, to, got up to Table Rock and um, we got up to the summit and Elizabeth, she's like, that was my pacer. Um, she's like, uh, you know, cut your headlamp off. Well, we were hoping we could see some stars, but she couldn't see anything up there. It was just, uh, it was kind of foggy or cloudy. So we're like, all right, well, you know, went up to Table Rock. Because the plan was to get up there before, um, while it was still daylight. Well, that didn't happen. So we got down to the Table Rock parking lot, and that's where we met Russ again. And it was supposed to be, I think, like mile 46 or 47. Well, my, by my watch, I had almost 50 already. Um, So I was like a quarter of the way finished in my mind. I'm like, woohoo. Um, then the next section is, um, a very, very popular section for hikers. Um, we did, went through the chimneys and in the daylight, I mean, I was telling Elizabeth, well, Elizabeth's done it cause she's done that whole entire section of the mountains to sea trail. She's like section hiking the mountains to sea trail. And she'd literally just done this section like in October. Um, but I mean, 360 views when you get up there in the chimneys, it's just really beautiful. And then, um, and then after that, it's like, you're, you're constantly going up and down, up and down, up and down, going through the chimneys. And then you get up, get down to short off. Um, and then a little bit past short off, you drop down to the Linville river. Um, and that descent, I think, so Elizabeth, she had told me before that she's, she, she's a, really really good climber i mean she was just killing me on the climbs but on the descents i'm a little bit faster um or i shouldn't say faster but i'm just a little bit less um apprehensive so i kind of she's like just go ahead and so i went ahead and went down to the river because i knew that she would catch me i was like i'm gonna be really slow crossing this river just because i'm paranoid and sure enough i'm i'm almost across the river and then i see her headlamp coming behind me and then she called up to me on the climb and that the next climb is like a, a doozy. It gets me every time. So it's what they call pinnacle. And I think you gain, I might say this wrong, but I think in like, it's almost a thousand feet per mile, especially once you get up, um, get up a little bit, like when, where, um, it's where the MST meets the lead mine trail, the Linville Gorge trail. I mean, you're just like straight up. And they, they have cut switchbacks, but you're still pretty much going straight up. Um, but if you get up to the top of pin, uh, top of pinnacle in the daylight, again, that you're like 360 views on the other side of the Linville Gorge. And it's, it's just amazing. Um, so we got up there and then we had like maybe a mile or two to run down, um, old highway 105 to get to the next cruise stop. And that's where, um, Russ's crew duties were ending and then um Charles um Charles Raffensberger was going to pick me up. And they had um and then Kevin Sylvie and Paul Tilly were there too um cuz Paul was going to pick me up as a pacer and um and they had their like uh disco not disco music but like techno music going and the lights going on the truck and I was like oh yeah this is great. Um so that kind of pumped me up for the next section. And then um but again, still like I was only I think I was like 60 miles in at this point. So I'm still not fresh, but freshish. If you consider I'm doing 200 miles. So get some food and everything. And um, 
Paul and I take off down on um, it, that section is called the Over Mountain Victory Trail. Even though it's all still the MST, these little sections have different names. Um, and we take that and it's pretty runnable. Like we're, although the leaves, it makes it a little bit slower than usual, but it's pretty runnable. And um, but we get out on the Dobson Knob Road. Uh, it's like Old Highway one uh, or 106. That's where the trail it dumps you out. You take a left. I started getting really sleepy. I don't know. I hate doing gravel roads, I will say. And it's just enough of a grade where it was like you want to run, but I didn't feel like running it, if that makes sense. <laughs> so so I get, get up a little bit of the road and I'm like, I think I need to take a dirt nap. And we talked about the dirt naps. So, um, so I lay down for a second, take a little dirt nap. I don't even know how long it was. It was probably like maybe 10 minutes or whatever. I just needed to close my eyes for a minute. Plus the next section, even though it's, it's mostly downhill, it is so technical. It's like you're running on a ridge on the outside of the Linville Gorge. And um, the Linville Gorge is just super, super technical. So, um, so, and we get out on the, um, I think, I don't know if that's Dobson knob or bald knob that we were on. I forgot to look at the map before we talked, but it's, I kept losing the trail and luckily Paul was in front of me and he had, cause you couldn't really see between the leaves and the, it needs maintenance, that little section right there. And um, it's just really, really rocky. And he had some intuition where he could just find the line. Cause that's basically what he was doing. Just finding the line. And then, uh, and then we get down and we start, you start dropping down, but it's like switchback section that's really, really technical and needs maintenance. Um, and, uh, so that was kind of slow, but he, it was funny cause he was saying, Oh, I bet this is going to be a beautiful view. Like we're really close to sunrise. I was like, all right, Paul, that's my goal. I'm not going to allow you to see that view. Because <laughs> it was just taking a really long time, and I'm like, I'm gonna make sure I am off of this ridge before the, you get to see that view, and we just missed it. <laughs> so, and then that takes you down. Once you get down that really technical section, you pass like a, a primitive camping site, and there's like a little a good water source if you ever come up that trail from Highway 221, but. Um, and then you drop down onto, I think it's Dobson Knob Road, and it's a gravel road. And then that you take that for like maybe a mile or two, and then you, um, then you'll get back on single track, and you'll cross over the Catawba River on this really cool bridge, and then, um, or you cross the railroad tracks, then the bridge, and then you hit um, a really runnable section, some more fire roads, nice switchback single track, and that takes you down to two twenty one. And that's where um, uh, Charles was meeting us the next time. And by then it was um, daylight. It was pretty early in the morning. And um, and then from there you cross over. He probably, he met us where the USFS station is. And then that next section is the Woods Mountain Trail. It's still the MST, but you know that section is is Woods Mountain. And it's my favorite. Um, we have property out there and it's like 15 minutes from our property and I love that section. But I like the first couple miles, 
you're on a fire road and it's very, it's like just like a gradual grade. Normally I can run all that. And I, I told Paul, I said, normally I'm running all of this, but I just, I couldn't run it. Like we were fast walking and we would jog a little bit, but, and then once you get off that, you kind of drop down and cross that you cross like your last water crossing, um, which to backtrack, I did change shoes at mile 60. Cause I had, I pretty much had crossed all the, I knew I wasn't going to hit much water after that. Um, and I'm glad I did. Cause I had on, um, some zero drop shoes that I think were bothering my calves and Achilles. And I put on some hokas, but anyway, um, so you cross the Creek. And then after that, you, um, you get on some more service road, but then once you get off of that and get on the single track, I mean, you were straight up. I, I think it's like between 20 and 30% grade for a while and you'll have like a little blip of runnable for like maybe 20 steps and then you're just going straight up and there's stairs and and i've done a lot of maintenance with the mountains to the sea um group on like on that section um but it's it's just really steep <laughs> and that whole section is probably like 11 12 miles and i swear it feels like well most of it's you're either going up or you're going down there's no like hardly any flat and that section too, not only was the climbing just annihilating me, but, um, I was getting really sleepy. And when I get tired, I have a, my left eye is lazy and it, I started seeing double and I was like, Paul, we got, I have got to take an, like a for real nap when we get down to the next stop. Cause after that section we were meeting, um, uh, we were going to meet Charles again. And, um, so we've, I mean, that, that section seemed like it took forever just cause of all the climbing and because I couldn't see straight and we finally got down to it's highway one or uh, highway 80. Um, what is that, that, um, overlook called, Buck um, shoot, no, I can't remember, Buck Creek, Buck Creek. No, that's not Buck Creek gap. Uh, um, do you know, Aaron? I'm having a hard time thinking of it myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh shoot. It's okay. <laughs> I had my, my um blog pulled up too. And I anyway, um, but it's highway 80 or highway 80 meets the Blue Ridge Parkway, and that's a, a, a major road crossing. It's a really pretty overlook too. Um so we finally got there, and then um I did take I don't know how long of a nap I took there. Um, cause they didn't really like time me or anything. And, um, but you know, we kind of got re-energized, ate, ate some good food. And I will say, um, normally I have issues with, um, nutrition on all these runs, but I didn't have any issues this run. And I think one of the reasons, cause, um, I had chosen all of my food. So it was all food that I knew would agree with me. And I did a lot of, um, soups. I did a lot of chicken or rice with chicken and avocado and um, and it was real easy to put together. I think it was basically instant rice, canned chicken and just throw some avocado in there. And another thing is because the I was getting such good food at all the aid stops, I wasn't ha I wasn't having to eat as many gels. Um, 
So I came back with like a million gels. It's insane. I was like, I can't believe I have this many gels left over, but I truly was not hungry. Um, you know, I just wasn't hungry in between. I mean, I was eating in between, but I wasn't eating a gel like every 30 minutes, like I planned. Um, so another thing at this stop. So the next stop was black mountain campground. And then, so we were thinking ahead to the summit of Mount Mitchell and we debated on whether or not to meet at Black Mountain Campground or Mitchell. We decided that we may not make the summit of Mount Mitchell before the gate closed because we thought that the gate closed at eight. And so we decided to meet at um, the Black Mountain Campground. And the next section you have, a, it's, it's up and down, but there's a lot of runnable in there. So we actually made decent time getting into the campground. Um, I think it was, yeah, it was like between four and five, maybe, or maybe like five o'clock. But even still, you know, with what, 90 miles on my legs, we weren't sure it, how that climb, because up to Mount Mitchell, that's 100 miles. And, you know, with 90 something miles on my legs, we just didn't know how long that climb would take. So we went ahead and just told um, Kevin was the crew person at that point. We told him to meet us at the gate. And we would just summit Mount Mitchell and then run down to the, 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 the gate. So we'd have to run a little bit farther to get aid. Um, and actually we'd have to deviate. What Paul told me from his guy app was a, a third of a mile, but it was actually a half of a mile. <laughs> so, um, but we, you know, we go up to, to Mount Mitchell and, um, and I was like, well, I, I want to take a picture at the sum, like, you know on the the little what do you call it like the observation deck um even though there's nothing to observe at this point because it's like i think it was just after eight it wasn't too late um and we take our picture and everything um, or he took my picture and i'm sitting there we sat down for a second and i was like Dang, i just got the gritchel fkt <laughs> i started crying for a second and then uh, it was really cold up there, though, because it had started raining. And, um, you know, so that moment passed very quickly. I was like, all right, we got to we got to get down because, like, I'm freezing. We both of us were freezing. And then um, from there, you get on um, the old Mitchell Trail, which is like super technical on fresh legs in the daytime. No leaves. It's somewhat runnable but it's in my opinion it's not really runnable i don't know what you think <laughs> it's just like these massive boulders and like even on the climb up um some of that actually is runnable to on the climb up to mitchell we did run a little bit um and i thought we made really good time but man coming down until you get to the commissary trail it's just like rocky as crap so we finally get down the commissary trail and I don't know what I was thinking. Like I was, I was thinking we were going to get on the bunkum horse trail instantly. So I'm like, where's this bunkum horse trail? <laughs> and Paul, he loves Mount Mitchell. Like he, he's done, um, what he got a quest for the crest. I think like five times the, the black mountain ultra traverse up there, like probably like four or five times. He, he's just always going up to Mitchell. So he knows that area really well. And he's like, no, we just got to go down a little bit and we'll be there. And then, you know, we get on the Buncombe horse trail and that's pretty runnable. Um, 
most of that is runnable, but you know, we, I was doing like, you know, run for a little bit and then walk for a minute and then run for a little bit and then walk for a minute just because I was getting tired at that point. And, um, and I was, but I was trying to move as fast as possible because we were, we were very cold. Um, and you know, just it, that Ridge is just gets really cold. Um, so we finally get out onto the, the road and I don't know what the name of that road is. It's just the road that takes you up to Mount Mitchell. Um, but I think the gate's down at the parkway, right? Yeah. So we, so we ran down to the parkway and there we both decided we were going to change our clothes and we got, a, we had to put on, cause I, I still had on a short sleeve shirt and shorts, but I had put my rain jacket on. And um, so I put on a long sleeve shirt and capris and then just put my rain jacket back on. Um, and luckily, um, so I bought these um, possum fur gloves and those things are awesome. And my friend loaned me these waterproof um, rain mitts and they're mostly waterproof, but they did get a little bit wet. You know, I could feel some moisture, but those things were amazing. I actually kept hers because I messed them up. And then bought her some new ones. Um, so they're, they're coming in the mail. But um, I never did put on a hat. I just had on my little headband the whole time. And that was just mostly to protect my head from my headlamp. So I wouldn't, my head wouldn't hurt. But we got down there and changed clothes. And then um, I asked Kevin, I was like, so can you like drive us back up to the trailhead? <laughs> oh, because so the gate never did close, though. That, that's I forgot to tell you that the gate, it was open. But he drove to the gate um, before eight, fell asleep for like six hours and didn't realize that the gate never closed. <laughs> so, um, and I was a little bit irritated in the moment, but then I was like, whatever, it's only, I mean, I already did a little bit of extra. I may as well just do one extra mile, but he wouldn't. And in hindsight, he wouldn't drive us up to the trailhead because he had all that stuff laid out of his truck and he would have had to pack all that. To, so it would have just wasted a bunch of time. So we ran back up the road and then got on the next section. And I don't know what that section is called, but I call it the Walker's Knob section. Um, because you end up at the Walker's Knob overlook when you get done with that section. It's, I looked, I swear it seemed like it was about 10 miles, but I think it was more like five. But it's so technical. And then like, um, and then I kept telling Paul, oh, I think this is where the descent is, like the final descent and then every time I would say that, we would start climbing again. And I'm like, what? Like that section was not fun at all. Um, and it was like really cold. It was getting really foggy. Um, I think it became daylight at some point during that. Se no. It felt like it was daylight. I forgot. I have like, I light up the forest with all the lighting that I have. No, it was still dark, but um. Anyway, that section took forever. So if you ever do it, it's really, really nice if you have fresh legs. I would just start at the Walker's Knob Overlook and do that section. And that'd be the only thing you do. <laughs> um, and then we finally got out to the parking lot, but it was so foggy. We literally couldn't see anything like nothing. I'm like, the only I could see there was a side trail and I knew for sure that wasn't the way to go because I've been there before. But I was like, I don't know where the trail is. We ended up finding it. It was across the um, across the parking lot. And I think you had to cross the street or whatever. And then um, 
And then that little section actually wasn't so bad, but I was starting to get tired again. And I'll be honest, it was mostly a blur and it was so foggy. Like you could hardly see the trail. You could hardly, I was just, um, I just couldn't, I had my head down and I was just trying to follow the line um, and just stay awake or whatever. And then I don't remember how long that section was, but I remember at some point, Paul, he's like, I think we have like eight more miles to the next aid stop. It was potato. Um, I kept calling it potato head knob and now I can't even remember what it's called. It's I think it's potato, potato field. Cause he called it potato chip. <laughs> um, but it was the potato, uh, potato field gap. That's what it's called. And he's like, I think it's eight miles to potato field. So he's like, why don't we call Kevin and see if he can meet us? The next one was gray, uh, gray beard overlook. And we were about a mile away from there. Well, he didn't answer the phone cause he was asleep at potato field. Well, Laura and Mark were going to meet us at Craven gap. And I ended up calling her and I, and I told her, I was like, Hey, you know, can you come meet us here? I didn't even think about the fact that she didn't have any of our stuff, whatever. All I was thinking was, and I was fine, you know, just keeping on going. Cause I thought like, it's probably like five miles to potato field. And I was like, what, I have enough nutrition. I have enough water. Um, but anyway, Lauren, Mark ended up coming and meeting us at uh Graybeard, And we had to wait about 15 minutes. Um, and then sure enough, while they were on their way, Kevin ended up waking up and he saw the missed calls and then he ended up coming too. So I took a nap in Mark and Laura's car um, and then got some nutrition. And then we, um, we continued on and then Mark and Laura were like, well, we'll just meet you at Craven. And then we, we decided we were still going to meet Kevin at potato field. And I'm glad we did because from potato field to Craven ended up being longer than what it was supposed to be. Um, cause by the time we were at graveyard, I think I was, or, um, graybeard, I was at 116 miles and it wasn't supposed to be that much. <laughs> um, so we got to potato, potato field and, um, and there I really, really, really wanted a sausage link, like a smoked sausage link. And he had made soup. So, um, or we had made the, the rice and stuff. I literally just threw the sausage link in there and, and just ate it. I was so hungry. So, um, so, you know, ate there and, um, and we, we were as fast as we possibly could through that stop since we had just stopped like five miles earlier. And then Paul, he was, so it ended up being five miles, by the way, Paul said eight, I said five and I was right. Um, <laughs> And he's like, oh, well, I guess. And he was using Gaia. He kept saying, no, I, I have it on my Gaia. And I'm like, well, I have it on my Koros. This is the. <laughs> so I think we were both starting to get a little grumpy at that point, too. And then the next section um, is uh, Craggy Gardens. And, and now it was really foggy, but we did get some good. We got some good cloudy views if that even makes sense. Like you just see clouds through the rocks and everything, but on a pretty day, like the views from craggy gardens are absolutely gorgeous. Um, I hate that it was so foggy because uh, I really wanted him to see that he hadn't seen that section before, but then um, after craggy, what, what is the next um, 
that next really just up and down section. Um, is it Lane? Yeah. Yes. Lane Pinnacle. Oh my God. I was like, it's, you think every time you think you're to the last climb, well, you know, you're not because you can see ahead that there's like a mountain ahead and you know that you got to go up that. So I just tried to settle in. We just, we literally just settled in and just hiked as hard as we could. And then, but cause I knew that after that, there was going to be a really nice descent around Rattlesnake Lodge and, um, and a really like flowy section going down to Craven. So I just had that in the back of my mind. All right. Um, so we got, so we got past, um, lane pinnacle and all that. And, um, Rattlesnake Lodge. And let me tell you, we had not seen a soul for however many days. This was um, Saturday, right? No, we had seen nobody. We get to Rattlesnake and Paul, he's like, ah, we hadn't seen it. He got kind of mad. He's like, we hadn't seen anybody. It was just like, bam, bam, bam. We kept seeing people. Um, I guess he didn't want to see anybody. <laughs> and again, I think he was getting, I don't know if he was getting cranky. But, um, and the only, my only problem was I was starting to get really sleepy again. And I was starting to see double and all these people were coming at me and I had my poles. So I would try to hug the, the side of the mountain as hard as I, you know, on the right, as much as I could, cause I didn't want to stab anybody with my poles. And I put my poles in my right hand every time I passed somebody. Cause I couldn't tell exactly how far away they were from me because I was seeing double. <laughs> so like one time I fell and or I tripped and I literally just threw myself into the side of the hill. I'm like, well, it's soft and it's got leaves. At least I know I'm not going to hurt myself. <laughs> but, um, you know, and so in that, that section, um, what is it? The, the bull mountain down to Craven. It is very flowy, but I swear it seemed like it took forever. It seemed like it was a lot longer than what it should be. And even Lauren, do what was that ox creek <clears throat> yeah because there's a there's a place where you can park and then hike up but and then we saw a lot of people there too but it just seemed to take it seemed to go on forever and for some reason like the mileage was off right there too because by the time i got down to mark and laura i was at it was supposed to be mile 122 and i was at like 130 almost <laughs> so um so i was like well I'm ready to get some real food again. Um, so we got down to Mark and Laura and that's where Paul and um, Kevin, that's where their duties were going to be over. And I, I started just going Mark and Laura's car and I was going to take a nap and everything. And then um, I was like, well, I should probably at least say bye to Mar uh, Paul and Kevin before I, before I sleep. Cause what are they going to do? Just sit here and wait for me to finish sleeping and then say bye. <laughs> so, you know, told them thank you and um, told them goodbye and I appreciated everything they did. And then um, took a nap and um, Mark had brought me sausage, like sausage patties and eggs, um, which was really good. But I have something to say about that in a minute. And then, and then, um, you know, got all my nutrition and everything. And um, uh, Mark was going to pace me for the, like the next 20 miles. And that section, that next section is extremely like, there's so much runnable stuff in the 20 miles that he had. And we knew that. So we had decided that Mark was going to take me to shut in and then uh, Laura was going to 
hike with me up shut in because she loves to climb. And and he kept saying something about doing eight and a half minute miles. And I was like, Mario, I ain't doing no eight and a half minute miles. Like, you'd be lucky if you get 11 minute miles out of me right now. <laughs> so, um, so, you know, we take off. Well, here we had a problem before I started running. I realized that uh, my watch, the watch that was tracking the 200 miler had stopped tracking to save battery. And I was like, oh, my God. So we decided to put it on the charger and then just put it in my pack, um, you know, and we just leave it alone. Well, um, also the Garmin inReach I had, it had done kind of the same thing on the second day. So it missed um, it. That is Buck Creek Gap. It missed like a little section before Buck Creek Gap. And then we, we figured it out and we uh, put it on the charger and then it, we actually kept that on the charger for quite a while. Luckily, my my portable charger, it lasts the battery on that lasts forever. Cause I, I never, I don't think I ever charged that again unless my crew did and I didn't realize it. And it stayed charged like the whole time. And it charged all uh, my devices. I even had to put my my regular Coros that was tracking the hundred on the charger for a little bit before we ran into the campground. And I just held it in my hand for a while so that it could get a little bit of juice to go up to Mitchell. But anyway, um, so we get out on that. It's like an eight mile section that I ran with Mark to the next aid stop to highway 74 a, and it somewhere along there, like he kept checking it and I want, and I'm thinking that maybe one time when he took it out or put it back in, somehow it stopped the activity. So I'm missing like four miles of that. <laughs> so I was just like, uh, um, and there's really nothing you can do in the moment. And then also during that section, I started feeling like really nauseated and burping up. I knew exactly it was that sausage that he gave me. And I felt so bad. I was like, I was like, Mark, I think I really think I got to throw up because I, I got to get the sausage out. So we get to 74A and that was like the first thing I did. And I felt so bad because he had went to the store and bought that for me, but it just was not agreeing with me. Um, I think maybe that like the spices in it or something. I don't know. But as soon as I did that, I felt I felt great. Only problem was I couldn't eat a lot because um, I just didn't feel like eating. So I was like, I'll just eat what I can. I'll make sure I take in a lot of gels on this next section and eat really good the next time we stop. And then that next section is insanely runnable. Like, um, uh you go through this one section along um, the parkway before it's like between 74 and 26 and it's, it's flat, but this guy that maintains it, he puts in bridges or like uh, steps. Is that they, apparently they call it the stairway to heaven. <laughs> I don't Have you run that? Oh, okay. And I was like, why are there so many steps? There's not, it's not even uphill or downhill. And I ran a good bit of that, but then again, it's like the, the really runnable sections for some reason, they just seem to go on forever. It's like, I didn't want to run for long periods of time anymore. I wanted to climb. And so, um, but we finally got out, got out of that and you cross the parkway and then you do another little section, um, uh, on the other side of the, uh, the bridge. And then, um, Laura ended up meeting us again, 
it was before 191 where the arboretum is where the start of the shut-in um i can't remember exactly where she met us um but that's where she was going to start running and mark was going to crew us and at that point like i was i was having a slightly hard time and we had we had planned to only meet once along the shut-in at beaver what's it called beaver dam gap but Laura, she's like, Mark decided he was just going to kind of follow us up the parkway and then just be at every overlook just in case, um, which worked out really well because I ended up having to close my eyes again. But we got out, we got on the shut in and I was, I was moving really well. I was um, able to run some and hold on. I, my, I hear my grandson. Sorry. Um, but it, I might have to go into another room. I don't know if we can pause or something. So, um, we're, we're on, so we're on the shut in at this point. And, um, I thought we were moving really well. I think even you, uh, I think you said we, we did, we did that section pretty like quicker than what you thought we would. Um, Lars, I mean, she is like really, really good company. I will say that she is. I mean, Mark's good company too, but Laura, I, I enjoy um, run hiking with her and she kind of knows like she would pick it up a little bit on like the more runnable sections. And then um, she's just very steady on the climbs. And, and I, but you know, I was amazed. I did kind of get her at the end on the descents. So I was still moving pretty good on the descents. Um, even if, you know, they have that one final like drop. Um, but one thing I did notice, um, that's when the, they're on that section is when the steps started really getting to me. Like when we had steps and there are, there are some, there's more like more towards the end of the shut in. And, um, I'm like, Ooh, yeah. And I think, so anyway, we, we got down to the park. We finally got to the parking lot, um, at, uh, Mount Pisgah parking. And that's where you were going to pick me up. Well, we, I didn't know that because the plan was for Laura to take me up to Mount Pisgah, but then I think she decided she didn't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, in both of Mark's and Laura's defense, they just ran a hundred miles the week before. And I thought they were Looney Tunes for doing this in the first place. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, especially after Mark told me how how much trouble he had in um, at Rim to River, I was like, "Wow, you'll be all right." <laughs> but we were moving pretty slow, so that's good. Um, so then, yeah, you picked me up. I didn't get a whole lot to eat the first time we hit the Mount Pisgah parking area. I decided I would just get some more because the plan was pretty much just to blow through that, go up to Mount Pisgah and come down anyway. That was my original plan. So you and I, we um, headed up to Mount Pisgah, um, you know, and I, I still felt pretty good going up there um, and coming back down. Um, we got up there, took the obligatory photo. The original plan was to get up there during the day. And because I still have not seen the view up there, I'm assuming it's got to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of the, the you know, most beautiful views that, that's 360 panoramic. It's like it's gorgeous, but oh. yeah, it's still dark. <laughs> okay. So 
Yeah, it's actually no, but it was supposed to be in the day on Saturday, and then we hit it like going into Sunday almost. Yeah, it was like about 12 hours later than you know yeah. when we were anticipating. <laughs> Thank you for the reminder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um so we get down to back down to uh, Mount Pisgah and um Teresa had some I don't know what she had waiting for me, but I remember it. I, I ate it all. Like it was really good. And I was eating, now I was eating some barbecue potato chips. I, I ate a lot of barbecue potato chips during the run. Um, and then we get, and then we have to go down to the Pisca Inn. And, um, and that, I think it was pretty runnable. Um, that section's pretty runnable down there. And the view was really, really, and we, we actually did hit that like right at sunrise and we got a pretty good view. You get a, excellent view of looking glass rock um and i was really looking forward to this downhill section going down from pisca in um it's like switchbacks but i had run it in august and it was awesome like this nice downhill switchback section and i don't know what happened between august and november but it was a whole different trail <laughs> it was like leaf ridden blowdowns i remember you pulling i swear it felt like a whole freaking tree that you pulled off the trail i'm like no you don't have to move that i'm like at this point i'm not even gonna feel it if something hits me uh, but you did and then um and it was I th how long was that section we did like it was like 10 miles or something the, yeah it was 10 miles to Teresa from from pisca yeah. to 276 and we did more of a we didn't run much we had to well I, you probably could have run but i had to do more of like a a, a quick walk shuffle um, just because the leaves were so thick and, uh, and that was a little, I think that that broke my spirit a little bit because I had in my mind what this section was going to be like, and it wasn't anything like that. Um, but we got to Teresa and Teresa read my paper and she actually made me eggs and smoked sausage. I was so happy, <laughs> but she made so many eggs. I was trying to eat all these eggs. And finally I'm like, Teresa, how many eggs is this? And she's like four. And I'm like, no wonder I can't eat all this. She, I was trying to eat four eggs at one time, you know, that's a lot. So, um, but I ate as much as I could. And then I, and then she was like, well, I thought maybe somebody else might want it. So I asked, I think I asked you if you wanted any, and I think you ate the bacon. Um, so, and then we continued on to, um, that's graveyard fields. We had not hit graveyard fields yet. Right. Not yet. Nope. So then that next section was graveyard fields. And then we had to go up to um, black balsam and that, and skinny dip falls. And, and that section, um, well, I didn't realize we had 5,000 feet of climbing until you just said that before the podcast, but whew, that section broke me like mentally and physically. I, I had a full mental and physical meltdown on that section. And I felt so bad because like, like I was like, oh yeah, I've never really run with Aaron before. And you know, you're my coach. So I was all pumped up. And then to like, I mean, I I fully broke down. I mean, especially once we got past skinny dip falls. Cause I remember we went down to the waterfall and I was like, oh, I just want to put my hand in there. Um, because I I'm kind of weird. I like to touch nature. So like I'll touch trees, I'll touch ferns. Um, pine needles and then I definitely like to touch water I just like to put my hand in water whenever I get to it and then I kind of splash some on my face but then right after that 
I'm like, I got to take a dirt nap. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> and I think so. As side note, in hindsight, I think what would have been done me better is it is um, instead of taking like 30 minute naps. I think if I had taken like a couple hour long naps to get of like a full rim cycle, I think that would have done me a lot better. And I probably wouldn't have um, gotten quite as tired as I did. Um, so if I ever decide that I want to do another 200 miler, I will definitely take longer naps. I will not have people setting 30 minute timers for me. Um, so anyway, you might be able to tell what happened on this section more than me. I just remember, um, it just seemed like we were climbing forever. And then every time we came to a step, like, like I was having a hard time breathing. It was like in my diaphragm. Um, I was just like, like it was, I was having such a hard time and then I would have to stop. And literally just take a, take a second and then I could go up the step, which was so time consuming. Um, and I look back at the data and I, the miles didn't take as long, like as long as I thought they did. But it was a long time. I think one mile was like an hour or something. It was insane. And then we got on that nice ridge and then like I'm trying to enjoy the view and everything. But I, I like all I can think is that I want to quit like. I was like, and I kept thinking like how much time it was taking and that like, I knew that Teresa had to work on Monday, even though she said she talked to her boss or something. And I kept thinking that you had to work and, and this was supposed to be done at like Sunday afternoon. Like I was supposed to be like done, done. And like, I just had that in the back of my mind. Um, and I just felt like I was just thinking about all of the, um, like how much I was inconveniencing you guys. Um, and I was like, if it's taken this long and I, and I have the art lobe left, like what the heck am I going to do? Cause I, I just kept thinking the art lobe is like so bad, which in hindsight, that wasn't even the worst section. So um, we get up to black balsam and I guess you guys had been plotting behind my back that you weren't going to let me quit. And I will say, I did tell you the only way I was quitting was if um, I was dying because I had I had quit at Grindstone in September. And that was another thing going in. Like I had lost a little bit of confidence because I had I had DNF'd at Grindstone and I never DNF'd a hundred miler before due to like being sick. So um, which is another reason why I didn't want to get sick, too. <laughs> um, so we get there and then I like, I sat in the chair and then I'm like, you know, I just got to lay down. I literally just like laid flat in the road. And that's where that picture comes from. <laughs> I think y'all threw my mass and nothing, um, uh, blanket over top of me. And, but then I got hungry and I was like, well, I guess I better get up because I can't eat laying down right here. And then I tried to call Russ and I was like, Russ, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like, I don't know if y'all heard me call Russ, but I was like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And he's like, what do you mean? You're going to finish. And I was like, no, I, I just, I don't think I can go anymore. And I don't remember what I said, but he's like, no, I'm, I'm not coming to pick you up. Like, I will see you at the finish. <laughs> and I was like, Ugh. all right, well, I guess I got to go. Cause in my mind, like y'all couldn't take me to the finish. I don't know. But if he wasn't coming to get me, I have, there's only one way to go. I had to go down the trail. So I had, I think nine, 18, 19 more miles. 
I knew we had, you told me you have seven miles to however you say it. I say Gloucester. You say, how do you say it? Little, little, little gap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're leaving out so many letters here, but I say Gloucester gap. Um, but anyway, so, so I was like, okay, seven miles. And I knew that the first couple miles were most were normally runnable. Like if you are running, so um, it's not like really bad. And I knew you had to drop down and then you climb up to pilot and then you drop down and then you're at the, the aid. So luckily I knew that section. So I was like, all right. And I had, so when I was with you before, I remember I said a little prayer. Actually, it looked like I was probably talking to my imaginary friend, but I said a little prayer and I don't remember exactly what I said to God, but I said a little prayer to God and, you know, God, my dad told me he answers you three ways, either yes, no, or wait. And he made me wait for a little while, but then somehow all of a sudden it came to me that if I just take like short, if I just do short, quick step, like short steps, but steady I wouldn't have to keep stopping on the climbs. And I swear I did that on that section. I just took really short steps, really small movements with my poles. And I did not have to stop on the climbs unless it was like a big step or something. But as far as just climbing, I did not stop at all. Um, and that's what got me through. Like I did tell Teresa, like she would be talking to me and I say, Teresa, I can't talk to you on the, while we're climbing, but you keep talking. So like she would talk to me on the way up and on the way down, I would like address everything she'd said to me on the climb and have a, you know, be able to have a conversation. And luckily on the art lobe, there are sections, especially when you get on a ridge and you're, you're kind of, um, it's kind of flat. Now we'll say the, the climb up to pilot was hard and it is hard, no matter if you have fresh legs or not. And then the descent with all those leaves, I was like, and I knew that the Looking Glass 100K was going to be the next week. And I was like, oh, my God, if they are doing this section, this is horrible. I can't even imagine. And I heard it was bad. Um, but we made it. We made it down, um, you know. And then when we got down to um, Gap, um, <laughs> you surprised me with uh, chicken teriyaki from Chinese. I don't know if your wife bought that or you, I don't know who bought it, but whoever bought it, I was very appreciative. Um, and I ate as much of that as I possibly could. Cause I knew that I had 12 miles and no aid. Um, I had to just power through that next 12 miles. And, um, and you said, and you, and you told me you were like, I'll try to, um, to wake up, to meet you at the finish, um, which you did. And I was like, hey, with that, I don't know. That's a long day. It's okay. If he doesn't make it. <laughs> Cause I think like you put, you y'all both put in some time. Um, but like, you know, we just kept on, kept on moving and, you know, you know, the art lobe, it's like up and then it's flat and then it's down and then it's a little bit flat and then it's up. It's like just constant up and down, up and down, up and down. And then it was funny because like you, in my mind, the, the descent is a lot longer than it is like that final descent. I like every time I run it, it seems like the descent gets shorter and shorter and it's just, they're more and more climbing. And I'm like, how are we going up again? But, you know, just, just kept on going. Cause I would tell Teresa, yeah, I think this is the final, I think this is it. I think this is the final climb. And then like, we look, we kept pulling out the map and 
And she's like, no, yeah, we got, we got at least one more climb. And then something else weird happened on that section. And I don't know what the heck, what, I think I know what caused it, but my tongue started to swell. And I was just like, cause you know, you go for a few minutes and you're not talking. And then all of a sudden I tried to talk to Teresa and I was like, it's like I had cotton in my mouth and I had burned my tongue on some soup. Like when I was with Kevin and Paul and I think that maybe between that and then like the, I was doing a lot of scratch chews at that point because they're very tasty, but the sugar, I think it was like irritating my tongue. And then like the roof of my mouth was um, swollen. Like basically my whole mouth was messed up and I was like, I can hardly talk. Like wh what if I'm having an alert? Like I, then you start freaking out and I'm like, what if I'm having an allergic reaction? Like there's nowhere, I, like I just have to wait till I get done. But like I could I could die on the trail like but I figured if I was going into anaphylactic shock or something, it wouldn't be that slow. I don't know. So I just was like, I just got to keep moving as fast as I can. And that was a driver, too, at the end, you know, just trying to hurry up and get done in case if I'm something's wrong. <laughs> um, and I ended up taking, I think, one more little dirt nap. And that really helped because I knew we had like seven more miles to go. And, um, and I, and I wanted to have my energy. So, um, she, she's like, all right. And I think she gave me like 10 minutes, but that 10 minutes was glorious and got up, continued moving. Um, and it was right around, I don't know what that big rock is, but you come out and there's like a little, a little campsite, primitive campsite. And there's a big rock. Do you know what that rock's called? Um, uh, I don't know. I it's the backside of uh, John's rock, but, um, I know it's not John's rock. Um, but yeah, I don't know what that one is exactly called, but it's in that city. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I knew that and I knew from there, all right, we're, we're doing good. We, you know, we don't have much longer to go. So, um, uh, so yeah, we just kept on, you know, and, and Teresa was awesome. She, she's very encouraging. Um, you know, I can't say enough good things about Teresa. And I felt another thing that, a, like a driving factor for me to finish was because she was supposed to pace me at grindstone. And since I DNF, she didn't get to pace me. And then that's kind of one of the reasons I was happy. She was the last pacer. Cause I'm like, all right, I just have to get to Teresa and allow her to pace me. Um, so, uh, and I, hopefully she doesn't regret that decision. <laughs> Not at all. She really enjoyed that. She absolutely enjoyed it. Well, it was fun. Well, I, it was fun in a weird um, torturous way. So, um, but I did tell her once we, we were like, we were getting close. I was like, once we get to the bridge, you know, there's a bridge when you come off of the art lobe trail. And I was like, I want to get in front. Cause she was in front of me. And I was like, I want to get in front when we get to the bridge, because, um, I don't know. I just wanted to, I wanted to try to run the whole thing. Well, I forgot how long that little gravel path is and I'm running. And again, like my diaphragm, um, like I was having a slightly hard time breathing a little bit, especially like whenever I was moving more and I don't know what was going on with that, but, um, uh, so I had to stop like midway and then I'm like, well, I just got to take one little quick walk break. And then we, there's another bridge where you turn right onto the bridge and then you go left and then you, then you get to the, like the actual trailhead. Well, Russ was right there. And I was like, is this the end? And he said, no. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, why are you here? <laughs> now keep in mind, I'm like 91 hours in. So, you know, I'm, 
you know, I've had a little bit of sleep, but I'm still kind of delirious. And uh, so he just ignored me and kept going. And I did to like, Teresa was cheering for me and I felt so bad. I was like, Teresa, I love you, but I, I can't focus on my running and you cheering at the same time <laughs> or something like that. Um, but then like Charles, he actually drove to the finish, which I was really surprised about. And he was cheering too, but I wasn't going to tell him to shut up. So, um, so yeah, like I ran to the, well, sort of ran. I don't even know what my pace was. It was probably really slow, but in my mind, I, I was doing a run in motion and get to the finish. And it was just like this wave of emotion. Um, but I was so depleted. I didn't have any tears, but I was like doing a crying face and, um, Oh man, I was so happy to, it was like happy to be done, but had like ex happy about the accomplishment. Like, I can't believe I just traveled 200 miles on my own two feet. And, um, oh man. And, and before we, before we got there, it's, it's, I think like I stopped Teresa and I was like, I, I swear, I don't remember what I said, but like, I basically just wanted to thank her for being out there and, um, you know, I was just so overwhelmed with emotion. And then Russ, he go, he's like, hold on, I'll be right back. He goes to the truck and he brings back this plaque um, that him and my daughter had like burned. Um, they did like this wood burning. I don't even know what he used. I still Because he, he buys stuff and then doesn't tell me. And I don't know what he buys. But it had like a my daughter etched a, a big bear into it. I have to send you the picture. Or do you have the picture? Yeah. So my daughter like etched a bear and then he did like a girl running and then the GML 200 and um, some mountains and stuff. And he's still working on, you know, dialing it in, but it was really nice. And I was just like, oh, I totally lost it at that point. I was like, Oh my God, this is so, I can't believe you did that. Cause you know, sometimes like my daughter, we talked about it while I was running. Like my daughter shows zero interest in my running and for her to actually participate in that, it meant a lot. Um, and some, she's not very emotional either. So you can't really get a good read on her. <laughs> um, and she wasn't there. And I'm kind of glad she wasn't there in hindsight, especially since I didn't finish till 2.30 in the morning. And I'd planned to finish at like 11.30 Sunday morning. Because <laughs> um, when I first asked her, was she going to be there? She's like, well, I don't know. It depends on what I got going on. <laughs> um so I'm glad she wasn't there and thank god Russ had gotten us a hotel room because I was so tired and I'm so, like sitting in a car for two plus hours after that would have been excruciating but here's the sad thing so I went to Waffle House because oh we were supposed to go get Mexican which we still need to go get Mexican but obviously no Mexican restaurants open at 2 30 in the morning so I was like okay we'll go get Waffle House. And that's one thing Russ had said to me when I tried to quit. He's like, I, I'll meet you at the finish and we'll go to Waffle House. Well, I get to Waffle House and because of my tongue, I couldn't even eat my food. <laughs> I think I ate, I made the sandwich out of the eggs and bacon. And so I was able to eat most of that, even though it hurt, but I could not eat my hash browns because I'd put ketchup on it and the acid and the ketchup just burned like wildfire. So we went to the room and got, um, I think, I think we probably stayed there until, um, right before checkout time. I think we checked out like right when, I don't remember. It was kind of a blur. Russ just basically drug me out of bed. He had everything already packed. I didn't have to worry about it. 
I did take a shower when we got to the room because I'm sure I smelled really nice. Um, but also, I like I took a picture um, after I finished. And Rusty had told me that I looked like I'd been in a UFC fight. But, oh, my God, I look so bad. Um, I for, I don't remember if I did this with you guys, but I had given myself a black eye. I'd hit my eye on my massage stick. And I had, like, a black eye. And then my eyes were all puffy because I had not taken my allergy medicine. And my sinuses were all swollen. And, whoo, I looked bad. And you lost your wordle streak. I lost my Wordle streak, but you know, so I lost my Duolingo streak, but they let you get it back on a bunch of lessons at once. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I lost my Wordle streak. Well, I lost my Wordle streak yesterday because I didn't get the stupid word. Because oh. um, I do it when I first get up and then I'm, and then I just do it, try to do it really fast. And I just didn't guess. And the word that, that it was, I would have never guessed that word. It was a word I would never guess. So and, I'm having and a tough what? time today. What? I'm having a tough time today with today's wordle. Starts with A E. Yeah, it starts with A E. I just I don't know. Today's word doesn't no, it doesn't. And mine may be different, but mine starts with A E. And I'm having yeah. So if you can think of stuff, you can text me. <laughs> and um I got mine in three tries. Um, almost got it in two, but it was, <laughs> I, I had a different word, but. <laughs> well, I mean, it was, it was amazing being a part of it. You know, I mean, like I get to talk to guests about theirs and, and not be a part of it, but it was more amazing being a part of this. And, you know, like you said, you were having a, a really hard time when I was with you. And I mean, I'm glad to be there for that, you know, and there was, <laughs> there was no, uh, nothing on my side that I was, you know, worried about the next day. I, I did get up at two 30 when I thought you'd be finishing and I decided I was in no condition to drive or ask my wife to drive me to, back to the, the finish. Area. Yeah. Um, but it was an, it was incredible. Like I, I, I've been there, I've, I've been in your shoes and that's, you know, just, it's easy to show compassion when you've experienced it yourself. So and I know, I know what that felt like. And you were, you kept saying, oh, my glutes aren't firing. I can't climb. And, you know, it was, it was, um, I know it was, it was a big challenge. It really was. It was, I mean, that's a huge, huge route. Um, you know, especially <clears throat> having all the mountains that we have <clears throat> and the technicality, you know, as you described, there's so many technical sections that slow you down. It's just a, it's a tough course. Um, you could put that thing in um, <laughs> ultra pacer and it would be way off, <laughs> you know, just because it doesn't understand the technicality of those trails. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it was fun to be with you. Incredible experience. Um, you know, it, it was just nice being out and then enjoying your company, be it as tired as you were. <laughs> I, I did. I did enjoy my day. So, um, but congratulations for, for finishing it. Um, you know, we're, we're still working on getting the, uh, the FKTs up for you. Um, I hope that does work out. Um, <laughs> I know that's. Well, yeah, I, just, it's really sad that, um, so I did the hundred miles was all on one track on my Coros, my regular Coros. Because luckily I know what the alert sounds like when the battery's going low on that, but with the vertex, um, 
too. It, yeah, I was just really surprised that it, that it did that. And it didn't really give me an alert. I, I remember it beeping one time, but it was the same beep that it would give me whenever it was saying off, I was off trail of course. So I was like, Oh, this stupid thing's telling me I'm off course. And it, that was probably my warning, but I didn't know. Um, so luckily like the first hundred, the Gritchell is all on one, uh, submitted that last week. Victor Mariano, I, he, oh my God, he was very graciously. I don't know how much time he spent working on it. Hopefully not too much, but he, he somehow he created the route on Gaia. He got like a good clean route with no mistakes or anything. Cause you have to submit a route to the FKT site, which I probably should have already done before I did this run, but I didn't think about it. I thought that I would have one, one clean route when I ran it. Well, and then I'm hoping that once he submits that route, I'll be able to submit all of my data because between all of my data, it clearly shows that I did all 200 miles. Like I did the whole route. Um, but I want to say, um, so I was really worried about like, oh, you know, um, it took so long with Aaron and da, 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 da. And I told Teresa and Teresa was like, well, that's just payback from all <laughs> from all his pacers and all this, you know, all this stuff that. <laughs> <laughs> he's put his pacers and crew through i'm like well i don't think about it that way but you know i just try to of people's time and i hate that you had because i didn't want you to see me break down like that and think that that's just how the whole run went yeah well it's the it's the human component right it's, it's we're all human especially that late in a, an event like this it's we all have those moments you know and we all have that like i said we all have that compassion because we've been there at some point and, you know, we just want to make sure we do what's best for you and get, yeah. you, you know, and that's what Teresa and I kept texting, <laughs> you know, behind <laughs> your back. <laughs> well, and then, finish. but after so funny, like some things just don't even matter, you know, after running 200 miles and putting yourself through that, like, um, I was talking to Nathan, you know, that, um, from the URC, um, you know, his birthday was on the, the sixth. Well, his, so his 50th birthday was on the 16th. His first birthday was on the 17th. Um, <laughs> but anyway, and we were talking about that briefly, you know, just after you've done something like this, a lot of other things just seem so trivial, you know, and like things just, some things just don't matter as much. And I'm not going to go so far as like well, racing doesn't matter or whatever, but like I literally, well, I have some things on the books, but I don't have anything that I couldn't not go through with. And like, I wouldn't regret if I didn't do it, if that makes sense. Like, you know, um, I've been trying to spend more time with um, my family and, um, you know, I'm happy now that I actually get vacation time so I can actually, you know, with my with my job where I can actually take a little bit of time off and, and not have to worry about not getting paid because then I can um, spend more time like with my grandson that you saw me pass. <laughs> um, you know, I really enjoy that. And it's, you know, all this other like it's just running and it's very enjoyable and it's good for my mental health. Um but in the grand scheme of things, it's, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It's just running. <laughs> it's a great right. point of our lives, but it doesn't control our lives. Right. Right. <laughs> yep. This, and, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. More, 
thing. It was also about like being able to spend time with people that I don't get to spend time with and, um, you know, uh, experience things with people that I don't normally get to because, well, for one, I don't get weekends off typically. So like, I don't get to see all you guys. Like I don't get to do the group runs. So, um, that's why I was super excited to see you and Teresa. And I always love seeing Mara and La uh, Laura, Laura and Mark, I guess they are kind of one person. So you could just say like Mara or Lark, um, <laughs> you know, Paul and Kevin, they're, they're crazy. And, um, it's always nice to see Charles and then well, I see Russ every day, but it's still nice to, um, know that he supports me and, um, you know, and I hope that he knows that I support him. And so anyway, that's, that's a beautiful way to, to wrap it up. So congratulations, ma'am. I'm very happy for you that you got the finish and I hope it all works out with the FKT website. Um, cause it's an amazing route. And you know that you establish something. I hope other people can can go after because it's that's uh, man. <laughs> I don't know if I'd be going after it, but <laughs> 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 but awesome. Uh, that was a great narrative, Natalie. Thank you. Thank you. Congrats, Natalie. <clears throat> what a amazing, <laughs> outstanding effort that was uh, to see. You know that that load that you went through and, and how you fought through it I can only just give you my uh my hearty congratulations because oh man I know what you went through and that was amazing I'm so proud of you and so proud of that effort so great job to you um I'm gonna keep my comments short usually I kind of go on and talk about everything that's going on um but um I'm just gonna keep it to uh the conversation with Natalie today and uh and just say thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. Um, hopefully I'll be feeling better next week and um, I'll catch up you guys on everything else. But um, my my gratuity to all of you, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, next week I'll be back. So until then, keep moving forward, my friends. <laughs>